Hello, Inspiration Nation. Welcome back to The Ziggler Show. This is show number 395, and we have another Q&A show for you, but this time with a special guest, renowned speaker, podcaster, coach, leader, and author of 48 Days to the Work You Love, Dan Miller, though I generally refer to him as Dad. He's a frequent co-host here on The Ziggler Show. He shows up to help me up my game. And truth is, we have a lot of fun on stage together. Always have. This will be a fun show. This show is brought to you in part by Amazon Kindle. A single-purpose Kindle e-reader holds thousands of books, ensuring young readers always have a book with them. Features like WordWise support comprehension and vocabulary development, while Kindle Free Time awards achievement badges for reaching reading milestones. To learn more about the ways Kindle inspires a child's emerging love of reading, visit Amazon.com slash Kindle for Kids. what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. You can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. You cannot become what you need to be by remaining what you are. If you can't take a huge step to begin with, take as big a step as you can, but take it now. That's the key. Take it now. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Today's a brand new day, and it's yours. Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we continue the legacy of Zig Ziggler, the world's foremost authority on the fuel for everything we pursue, motivation, inspiration, and a confident self-image. We apply that fuel to leadership, personal growth, sales, faith, family, and success. Our foundational purpose is to inspire true performance, and this is the goal of every show. I'm Kevin Miller, show host and devoted evangelist of inspiration. Tom Ziegler, Zig's son and the CEO of Ziegler, and I come to you every week to discuss Zig's teachings and bring you the absolute best of today's most inspirational leaders. We get down to the roots of what will absolutely expand human potential, your potential, to it. Well, folks, I love question and answer sessions. I've done many seminars and conferences, and while it's great to teach, train, and present, the Q&A is where people have taken an issue captive and personal. They're making it personal. Uh, It shows that they really want to apply that truth to themselves, and I know it's where I learn the most, whether I'm the teacher or the student. So these questions that we're going to hit, myself and my dad, Dan Miller, uh, uh, right now, are were posted at the Ziegler Show Q&A page that you can go to now at ask.zigshow.com. If you want to truly inspire your true performance, ask the real questions. Make it your turn. Ask.zigshow.com. Before I bring my dad, Dan Miller, into the studio with us, I want to thank Urban Dapper Club for their support of this show. As Father's Day approaches, put a twist on the traditional tie and get your dad a trendy handmade tie, handpicked by a stylist and shipped right to your door. Ziggler listeners can try Urban Dapper Club now by going to Urban 
dapperclub.com slash Ziggler and use promo code Ziggler. Again, that's U-R-B-A-N-D-A-P-P-E-R-C-L-U-B dot com slash Ziggler and use promo code Ziggler. So, Dad, hey, thanks for being here. Fun to uh, do these shows because we get to chat for 30 minutes beforehand like we just did. But, uh, well, hey, I wanted to start off just by uh, having you share with folks what is happening at 48 Days right now. Well, hey, I appreciate you asking. Yeah, always fun to catch up, but a lot of fun things happening. We're really expanding the 48 Days Seminar. That's one of the big things. It's been around for 10 years in hardback version, which is astounding to to watch. Been around that long and continues to grow. But we've introduced a brand new seminar series. So our goal is to bring on a thousand business partners, people who are going to present the seminar. Oh wow! In different locations. So we're in the midst of that right now, having a lot of fun. So that's a big thing. Continue to have our live events, coaching with excellence. We just had we got a one coming up here in the near future called Innovate, working with people who have creative ideas and want to figure out how to put legs on them. So always. Always fun to have people come here to the sanctuary in Franklin, Tennessee, and help them figure out how to move their ideas and dreams forward. Uh, you know, I love that. Well, and it's funny with the book, 48 Days, I use that kind of as the, the benchmark for books on Amazon, like the rankings, because, you know, I get so <laughs> many inquiries for uh, people to interview here on The Ziggler Show. Most of them, the majority have a book, and I'll go look at it real quick, and I'll go look and see, you know, where it is. And because I know it seems like 48 Days has been, it hangs around 2,000, 3,000 top you know, rankings in Amazon always. And for a book to be at that level for so long, it's just, you just seldom see it. So when I see a book and I see, you know, it's down at 500,000, I think, well... Ah, not doing too well. Um, (laughs) but it's such a benchmark. That thing has been, uh, so solid. And I know it's one of those books that's along with so many others on the, uh, you know, great leaders must read book is 48 days. Somebody just the other day, I think it was on a show talked about reference the book, dad. I I wish I was somebody we were interviewing referenced it. Um, so yeah, so awesome. Well, uh, well, hey, thanks for being here. I, I told folks in the intro that I love doing, I love doing Q&As. I know you do too. It's the primary aspect of your, uh, of your show, which again, folks, 48 days, type it into iTunes or Stitcher. You'll find it at the top of the rankings. And, uh, and that's what he does is answer these. He's got so many questions that come in for pursuing business and career and work you love. And, uh, he answers that. So, uh, I, nobody better than to do this Q and a with Ziggler, which again is new for us. Ask.zigshow.com where you can answer or ask your question and you can record it or type it in. Um, but that, so this first one is, it couldn't be a, a, a simpler question, but I, I almost thought, you know what? Scrap the Q and a, we're just going to do this topic because it's so big, simple question, so much to unpack. And I'd love us to do that. So Beverly asked, I love to do so many different things. How do I decide which one to take the big step into? And I know your answer, dad, it's just whatever will make the most money, right? <laughs> right, right, right. All, that, that's a long <laughs> way down the road in terms of defining what fits. Right. Well, where do you, I know, and I, it's an, a question. I have no idea how many times you've been asked that question. Um, you may not be able to count that much, uh, that, that high either. Where do you start? It's, it's a wonderful starting point for Beverly. I love when somebody has lots of ideas, they're overwhelmed. 
with lots of great ideas. That's a lot easier starting point than somebody says, gee, I haven't had an idea about anything else. You know, I'm just really trapped in what I'm doing. I'm cooked in the squat in the job that I have. haven't thought about anything new in the last 15 years. That's a tougher start. But if you have a lot of ideas, then it's a matter of how can we create a filter by which to measure those ideas? And that's pretty easy. And those are really the foundational pieces in 48 days. Identify what are your skills and abilities, your personality tendencies, your values, dreams, and passions. And anybody who's been around for any length of time at all, I mean, even somebody in their 20s ought to be able to clarify those three areas. And then you have a filter. So then you look at those ideas and I encourage people to have a list, make a list of 20 things that you could do that, you know, you could do that you would have some level of enjoyment for, but then by filtering them through yourself, you ought to be able to narrow it down pretty quickly, narrow down to three or four that really fit the criteria, then do a little bit more research, choose one and move forward. Now there's a couple of things. Let me give you a couple of examples in that. We may say, wow, one of those ideas is to open up a subway in Woodland Park, Colorado. We know there's a real market for it. We know that's a hottest selling franchise around. Why don't I do that? Oh, wait a minute. When I get to this personality piece and looking at myself, I see that I'm really not an outgoing person. I really thrive when I'm more in a small group of people. I may see myself as introverted and shy. That business choice would be a disaster. Doesn't mean it's not a great business idea. It is, but it doesn't fit. That's how the more you look at yourself, and I tell people 85% of the process of having a confidence, the proper direction is looking at yourself. So look at yourself, clarify that. Then you have a filter and you can measure those ideas. Now, the other thing is when you narrow down to three or four, do a little bit more research, choose one and act. Then what I encourage Beverly to do is create a plan and act on that for a year. Don't second guess yourself. Don't allow yourself to be distracted by something else. Focus on that one idea and do it. It doesn't mean that you'll never come back and revisit some of the other ideas. I mean, this is not a one-time thing. This is an ongoing journey. So I I like to look at new ideas at least every two or three years and embrace some things that I may not have done before, but I may have thought of 10 years ago and bring those back in. But you still have to have a clear focus if you're going to get any kind of extraordinary success. Otherwise, if you got your fingers in too many things, you have mediocre success in all of them. So where do you, or how do you address the issue of taking somebody with a lot of interest, which I, I blogged about this years ago on this topic, trying to flesh it out a little bit, because I'm one of those people that has so many different interests, so many things that I, I really care about. I mean, I, it's not even just a, yeah, I'm interested. It's no, I, I could it could almost fit in the passion category. So many different things. And of course I see opportunity and everything. Like I could make a business out of that, but it was stepping back and go, but what do I really want to devote myself to? And I, I know for me, I almost had to segment them into, these are some things that I want to do for, you know, for fun, for hobby. This is something I need to do. That's just part of me, but I don't want to make money at it. Um, is that a relevant thing to kind of separate what is, I don't know, what are those categories? Yeah. I'd like to work at that as a vocational endeavor. This one, this is in the hobby area. This is just something I just need to be involved with to be me. Are those some relevant, uh, categories, filters again, as you say? Absolutely. We all should have things in our lives that really are hobbies, things that we don't necessarily try to turn into money-making opportunities. I mean, I live just south of Nashville, Tennessee. We've got a whole lot of people here you know, who have these dreams about being in the music industry. Uh-huh. I, I worked with a, a lady a few years ago, 
She was a Christian singer and really good at doing that, but she was living with a friend, you know, just didn't have two nickels to rub together, had an old crappy car that wouldn't run, and she'd go out to a little church on Sunday night and just hope and pray that they'd give her enough of a love offering so she could buy groceries on Monday and live another week. Mm. And I said, Debbie, you're a competent gal. You're good at administrative kind of things. Why don't you get a job that is a core career for you that meets your needs? It'll change your mentality about your ministry and the music business that you want to be in dramatically. And it did. She got a full-time job, got her own apartment, bought a new car. Now when she goes out to these little churches, if they give her an offer offering, it's a blessing. And frankly, mm-hmm. things have gone up in that category. But she removed the pressure of having her music be the only source of income. So you you know me in cars, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My gosh. I mean, I love cars. It would be really easy for me to think, wow, if I could just flip three or four cars a month, you know, I could add X number of dollars to my income or, or the little vacant lot down the street. I could front a few cars there, have a lot of fun. I don't want to push that hard in that area. I want to just enjoy it. So I have a clear focus for what I do that's in business. But there are a lot of other things that I enjoy that could reasonably be the beginning of another business. Landscaping. I love getting out and changing rocks and planting things and putting trees in and all that. But I don't ever anticipate turning that into a business, even though I know the opportunity is right there to do so. Well, being doing what you do, and I know this because at the, uh, I have a taste of that. I'm not near the fullness of you in regards to being privy to so many different ideas, so many different opportunities, so many people that would love to collaborate with you, partner with you. Is there an aspect of when you find that thing that you know is your path of just being at peace with it, take a deep breath and and be able to let those other opportunities pass? Or do sometimes do you, do you feel a little bit of anxiety as to, I mean, should, I, should I be a part of that one? Should I jump on? Is that one for me? Or, or do you know, do you stay solid where you're at? Wow, that's a great question and a great way to frame that. The thing that I do to deal with that is to very clearly have decided in advance what my goals and priorities are. So by November 14th of every year, I've decided what the next year is going to look like. Hmm. So I've already decided. So when new things come along in February, it's pretty easy for me to say no. Yeah, I wish you success in that. Sounds like a great idea, but I won't be participating in that. It would take something really unique for me to be diverted mid-year, even though it's something that's a really good opportunity. I just decide enough in advance. Now, if it's something that I think is just spectacular, it may go in the category to come up to the surface the following year. But I think kind of in those terms. Yeah. Now, once in a while, there's something that comes along. A couple years ago, well, uh, to, to jump back just a little bit, if I can. Yeah. When I was about a 13-year-old kid, I got a hold of the audio recording, The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. Mm-hmm. And I heard that old gravelly voice man talk about, you can change who you are, where you are by changing what think you go out into your mind. You know, we become what we think about. It became a really foundational principle for me, impacted me profoundly. And I became a voracious student of the products that Nightingale Conant produced. That was their very first one, The Strangest Secret. But then they went on to have all those masters of achievement, Norman Vincent Peale and Napoleon Hill and yeah. Dennis Waitley and, of course, Zig Ziglar and many, many others. So I was a, just a voracious student of those. Well, a few years ago, Nightingale Conant showed up in June, tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, we've tested your material on our audience. It's gotten really good response. 
we would love to have you come to Chicago and create a six-hour audio program that we titled Dream Job. <laughs> would you, you said, be up for wait, that? Wait, let me pray about that for a second. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That went to the top of the list. I was working on a book manuscript at the time. The book manuscript got pushed back hmm. because that was such a primo opportunity. I said, absolutely. I would love to do that. Mm-hmm. And I did. You know, went to Chicago, loved working with the gang there and did that. So, but, but again, that's really in my wheelhouse. That was very much in line with everything I was already doing. It wasn't like some random outside idea that distracted me from my core business. It was such a perfect fit that I did shuffle some things around to in, integrate that. Okay. Well, so uh, something you said, um, well, I'm going to come to something you said, but just, just on trying things. So you've got your list, you've done your filter, you've come up with two, three, five, literally viable things, which again, I've done in the past. Is there relevance in sticking your toe in the water and trying a little bit? It was probably, I don't know how many years back now, but I had gotten, as you know, I'm really fond of doing woodwork. Uh, You like landscaping. I do woodwork. You know, I've got my mill and we've got our big trees out here and love uh, creating things. I did some neat stuff, beds and, and posted them on uh, Facebook and people are like, Oh my gosh, you should sell those things. And we did a, I did a, um, a picnic table with Caleb, um, yes, your oldest grandson, my oldest son. And we had him sell one. He sold one, I think for near 600 bucks, had a lady who got our contact information and six months later. Or so she said, I would really love to have one of those. Caleb was on to other things. He didn't really want to do it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, 600 bucks, I've got, it's free materials. I've got it around. I enjoy doing it. And so Terry said, why don't you do it, honey? I said, okay, okay all right. I procrastinated and procrastinated and procrastinated. And I ultimately irritated the lady. But I, what I realized is I just have no, if I'm building it for me or maybe my kids, you, sure. But to build it, just, I just, nothing wrong with it. I just realized by dipping my toe in the water, nah, uh-uh. So in, in that sense, is there some aspect, okay, if you got four or five ideas, is are there some ways you can look at to, to, tr- to try to, even just to feel out your own heart in it? aside from even just the viability? Well, there are, but if I were serious about having to generate income, I wouldn't make those trial periods very long. Sure. I'd keep them pretty short, just as an experience like you're talking about. You may, over the course of a week, discover that in as much as you have the ability to do it, you really don't have enough passion to push that forward. Even if, I mean, when we talk about an idea that's going to fit, there are three components. There are three legs to the stool. It has to integrate your passion, your talent, and money. Mm-hmm. Minus any one of those, the stool is going to fall over. So in your case, you had the talent and money was available, but you didn't have enough passion to make it stand up. Which I asked, I thought I did. I mean, I ran the numbers and I thought, man, I can do these. I can do these beds at 2000 bucks a pop. And I had a $10,000 a month plan. I thought I can whip that out in a certain amount of days a month. And I thought I do have a passion for doing it, but I realized my passion doesn't go into doing it as commerce. It was, I, I could do it for my family and just outfit every room, yeah. <laughs> build on more rooms for my own furniture. But I, yeah. Okay. Well, so, so to that too, wait, wait you're going to say something. Well, you just described, I mean, that's why I see dentists, physicians, attorneys, pastors who are in that category. Mm. They have the talent to do it. They've proven that they're making money, sometimes extraordinary money. But if the passion doesn't really line up, it's a recipe for burnout, frustration. Hey, we uh, 
gosh, I, uh, well, nobody knows the details, so it's not a, not a violation, a patient issue, uh, guy, he's a dentist, uh, doing really well, just launched another business is looking at bringing another dentist on. And he's on his third day this month where he was not able to go into work from an anxiety aspect of it. So, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send him your way. Wow. That, yeah. that is a perfect description. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where there's not enough of a fit to mm-hmm. make that work. We can't, especially when we talk about things where somebody like a Beverly is talking about it, taking an idea where she would be in the driver's seat, where it's more non-traditional, creative, entrepreneurial. You have to have those things in place. When nobody's looking over your shoulder saying that you need to do that, you need to get out there in a the woodshed and finish that picnic table. You know, if you don't have an innate passion for that, it's just not going to work. Yeah. And life is too short to try to force ourselves to do something. There's so many opportunities out there to find that do fit. That's why having a, a lot of ideas initially, boy, what a great starting point. Absolutely. Well, so one more question. You mentioned that you like to look at a year. We talk about trying something, dipping your toe in your water. I hear you saying, okay, if you're going to do it, then go all in, all chips in, you know, go after it, commit to it. But let's look at a year at which time you look at the vibe. Because as you were talking about that in regards to you know Beverly's question, if she had, let's say, three, four ideas and she said, okay, I'm going to pick this one. I'm not going to question it, as, like you said. I'm going to go after it. But at that year time, if she finds out that she's missing one of those three, possibly. I mean, obviously, yes. there could be the opportunity to step back and revise it. Doesn't mean you quit. But are you also saying it might be that you have you've seen it through? Don't worry about it. This isn't failure. This is the step to see what will work. Maybe it's time to try one of the other ones. Before Dan answers that, I want to thank Amazon Kindle for their support of The Ziggler Show. Great spellers come from great readers, and that's why Kindle's the proud presenting sponsor of the 2016 Scripps National Spelling Bee. A Kindle e-reader is a great way to encourage a child's emerging love for reading, especially as they begin to read chapter books independently. The lightweight Kindle e-reader is perfect for young readers. Kids can bring thousands of books with them wherever they go and don't have to worry about weighing down their backpacks. A single-purpose Kindle e-reader is designed for reading only and means no distractions, no games, no videos or apps. Kindle also supports comprehension and vocabulary development. Words looked up on Kindle are automatically turned into flashcards for future review and learning. With WordWise, short and simple definitions automatically appear above difficult words to improve comprehension. And with Kindle Free Time, parents can create personalized profiles for kids and give kids access to titles from the parents' collection of books. A progress report keeps parents updated on their child's reading habits. So learn more about the ways Kindle inspires a child's love of reading by visiting amazon.com slash Kindle for kids. That's amazon.com slash Kindle for kids. Absolutely. And a year is a good benchmark for doing that. Sometimes I see people that keep pushing on an idea because we've been told that persistence is everything. No, no matter how much you hate the idea and you're making a thousand bucks a month and can't pay the mortgage, you know, just keep persistence. No, a year is enough time. I can't imagine an idea that you couldn't see enough clear trends in, in a year's time to determine, is this going to ever work or not? Okay. And when I work with people, I actually work with shorter periods of time than that. I worked with a gentleman just yesterday who came in, we spent an entire day working on his model and we're looking at what can happen in the next 90 to 180 days. In 90 days, 
I expect to have him having created the products and services that we talked about. And in the next 90 days after that, so up to 180 days, six months from now, to be replicating 50% of his current income. Mm-hmm. And he's currently making $450,000 a year. So I want him to be at, at in six months at 50% of his current income while he continues his current position. Then we can see the clear trend, and then he can make a transition totally and go into the new business as we've laid it out. Okay. But a year's time, you know, enough time. Well, so I, I assume that, that you working with personal clients, it's going to be 10 different timelines for 10, 10 different people ultimately because it's so subjective to their lives, their circumstances, how much they can invest. Because I know a lot of people, and in Beverly's case, if she has a full-time gig and this is something she's going to be slowly nurturing on the side that she's looking at a longer timeline, you may be talking about a guy who can dive in full tilt boogie. Well, he's going to continue. He's working 50 hours a week. Oh, he's going to okay. continue that. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, this is a short time frame where he's going to have intense focused activity. And obviously you can't continue that over a long period of time. You'll start to borrow from success in other areas of yeah. your life. Yeah. But in a short period of time, his kids are teenagers. So they're busy and pretty self independent. His wife is totally on board and supportive. So it's going to be a short period of time, but it's going to be intense overlap to get this up and running. Okay. Well, folks, that was a literal uh, question sent in to us at ask.zigshow.com, but I can't think of a better resource to, to sum that up with than go buy 48 days to the work you love. Uh, go to 48days.com, go to, or wherever you would choose to buy your book. So I think when you go to the website, you get some extra goodies with it, but go to 48 days. Again, that's what has kept 48days.com at the top of the, the Amazon charts for a decade. And I don't know if you have any other resource you would want to add to that specifically, Dad? When we talk about how to develop an idea, I mean, No More Mondays is more in that entrepreneurial creative space. Right. How to take ideas and develop. It's just another paperback book we've got that might be a help to people as well. Okay. Well, go buy them both. Um, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Well, Hey, this one, uh, talk about being appropriate for you being here on the show with me, dad. Now this comes from Robin in Mississippi. She is citing something that she has heard me say, and I said it multiple times. And I've always wondered, uh, not that I have any question at the core that you and I would agree, but what your take on it is. She says, thank you from the bottom of my heart for saying how stupid the cliche is that if you do what you love, you'll never work another day in your life. She said, I love my work, but I work my backside off. I'm a nurse. I work at hospice. Everyone dies. I, I get to (laughs) minister to patients and families on a daily basis. It's such a blessing and I love it. And I'm flipping exhausted. I've always, I'd always heard that stupid adage and wondered if there was something wrong with me. Nothing pleases me more than caring for others. Would I do it for free? I don't know. Probably if I were independently wealthy, the bottom line is I love my work and pardon my French, but it kicks my butt every day. Nursing is an art. I firmly, I firmly believe, but it's backbreaking. There are foul smells and lots of poop and people die a lot, but God can use me in a very small ways to help others. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. Thanks guys for the message. So one, we've got that topic of, you know, if you find work you love, do you, is it all just fun and play uh, is one aspect. But then to hers, I mean, she's talking about a specific role that, my gosh, thank God for people. This is one of those, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, back with Caleb and all his medical stuff. And uh, especially when he was a kiddo and the, the PDI, uh, what was it called? Uh, NICU, um, uh, neonative, is that neonative intensive care? Intensive care. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I thought, oh my gosh, I mean, I. 
I have no more capacity to work in there than to be an astronaut. I mean, I just, I'd rather be an astronaut. Thank God though, that there are people who find a passion in that, like, uh, like here with Robin's story. Um, so I don't know, you could hit on that topic overall. Uh, but then to her, you know, there's going to be some roles where, man, that's, it's awesome. And I, I understand her. She loves it and she feels like it's hard work. Yeah, it's a very fair question, but we're we're kind of dealing with semantics here. I want that, to know that, your semantics. Yeah, that that question or that cliche, you find a job you love and you never go to work again. Right. It, it's funny, I, I did that one time on a show and asked listeners to identify who said that and promised some kind of gift package. Well, it's one of those quotations that's been bandied around and it's been attributed to Henry Ford, Confucius, and J.C. Penney. <laughs> I was exactly when I don't know, I just give Ford credit. <laughs> and all, all exactly the same form. But what it implies is that if you enjoy what you're doing, it doesn't really feel like work. So we're kind of taking a tricky approach to yeah. defining work. In that sense, it means work is when you're doing something and you'd rather be doing something else. So in that sense, the cliche is true. In Robin's example, she's saying she loves what she does. Now, is it work? Well, that's where we have to come back and define what is work. Is she doing something that's backbreaking, you know, that's messy sometimes? Yeah, most people would call that work. And in that sense, I think she's right to say that cliche doesn't make sense. But the implication of the cliche is if you're doing something that you really enjoy, it doesn't feel like work. Time passes. And with what Robin's describing and this beautiful match that she has, doing wonderful work for people at the end of their lives. Wow. I mean, yeah, is it work? Yeah, I'd still say it's work. What I do, and certainly what you do, Kevin, I mean, there are days when I put in really long hours, when I'm exhausted at the end of the time, even days when we have events here and we have a lot of people here. Yeah, it, it feels like work in some ways. But at the same time, I'm energized. I get a lot of affirmation gratification from doing what I do because it's making change in people's lives. The end result of what I do accomplishes what my goals are. So it's not that I resent doing it or I want to stop doing it, even if it does feel like work on some days. Well, I'm not sure if I've answered your question. Yes. yes, Well, I love, no, the best thing that came out of that for me was, would I rather be doing something else? Bingo. No, because I'm involved in some work. You and I were talking about it before the show right now that I think will be, um, dramatic, dramatic in its outcome. It's work that I would do for free. I also think it'll make millions. Um, I'm so excited about it. And yet I'm also daily having times of going, Holy smokes, where do I, what do I do next? You know, it's, it's a little overwhelming and I'm looking at the task and a lot of it is the creation of it, which I can't delegate the creation when it's something that I'm, I'm launching. And it's, it's hard work, but would I rather be doing something else? Heck no. So I got to share this. You'll appreciate this. I've gotten in the habit because of some of the roles that I'm involved in currently that I'm, I'll be stepping out of soon, but there's a lot of day-to-day roles, a lot of people involvement, which, which taxes me. And so the day ends and I've been in this, in this path for a long time, the day ends and ki- little kids are in bed you know, big kids are, are work, and big kids, including my, my wife, you know, working on master's degrees and all kinds of things online. And so I'm sitting down as oh, finally just some solid, solid time. I, I may sit in the living room with the fireplace and everybody else bannering about and listen to some music. And I start writing sometimes often it's these shows. 
And uh, there was a night a couple of weeks ago, and Terry, Terry, my my bride, said something. I said, oh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to make some change. I'll get to the point where I'm, I'm not having to to do this writing at night. And it, and then immediately, what came through my mind was so that, so that what? Am I going to wow. watch TV? We don't. What am I going to do? I, I would just if I had all the time in order, I would write. Well, heck, I'm doing that now. Seems like I'm pretty. <laughs> it was just kind of a dumb little light bulb moment, but it was relevant. What what am I what am I trying to do? It's like retirement. I'm going to retire so I can do what? Nothing. Yeah. Uh, well, it's 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 you're into the philosophy of our mutual friend and your guest there, Seth Godin. Mm. You know, he says, "Why don't you create a life where you aren't looking to just take a vacation?" Yes. Yeah. You no. Know, if I'm if I'm sitting out on the patio here, outside my office on a swing, and I'm flipping through the new issue of Success Magazine, am I working or am I playing? Yeah, it's kind of what you're addressing there. That's something that I want to do. That's something I would do no matter what. Does it relate to my work? Absolutely. But do I feel like I'm being forced to do it? No. It's something I love doing. So I think the more we can find work that fits in that category, where we're naturally drawn to it. It fits a need in our own lives. Yeah, it's tied to our work. I mean, what a, what a beautiful blend to get to that point where we don't feel like I've got to get finished with this so I can get home and do something I enjoy. Or I got to, you know, wait till I'm 62 so I can quit this stupid job and then, you know, create a life that I love. Wow, what an interesting thought. If we can do yeah. that when you're 25 or 45, you the uh, allure, the attraction of retirement or even the weekend dissipates dramatically yeah. because we blend that beautiful blend of work and play. Well, why don't you create a Dan Miller quote? We'll post it at the Ziegler Facebook page in regards to that. And, and, and to a degree, I'm serious, you know, so what is, again, say that, say the, the, the quote that we started off with, if you do work, you love, you'll never work another day in your life. Is that where it started from? Find a job you love. Right. You'll never go to work again. Okay. Because, because I do buck against that a little bit at the face value, because we do have so many people, especially in today's day and age who are trying to promote the, Hey, do this work. And it's just easy and fun all day long. And that, mm -hmm. that irritates me because I, I can't see anything of any value, not having hard work, tied to it. When you go to write a book, if it's not going to be anything but fluff, it's going to be some hard work and some hard thinking and some research. And, and, and you know, that just the work of the details of, of a proposal and patience and going, that's hard. That's hard. That's not just easy and fun. If I want easy and fun, then I'd get paid to, you know, watch movies all day or jump on the trampoline with my kids. That's, that's just easy, fun stuff. My work has value. And, and in that it, there's, there's hard effort into it. But the thing is, too, there are sometimes there's some things we could look at and say, oh, man, I'd hate to have to do that all day long. Yeah. But, you know, we see things like Mike Rowe with 30 jobs and realize there are people doing some really skanky jobs or even like what Beverly or Robin was sharing about. Mm -hmm. But it fits. They enjoy doing that. I had a caller recently. I was doing a radio interview and a caller in Chicago. What he does now, Chicago is a lot of cold weather. His primary role is to go to people's houses whose pipes have frozen up and wow. repair those. Wow. So he's crawling under houses, you know, in the dead of winter doing that. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. Yeah, count, I, count you me out. You could not pay me enough. <laughs> no way. He loves what he's doing. Think wow. about that. He's a hero. Every place he goes, he's a hero. Because people had a problem, he's the guy to solve it. They love him for having come and for doing that. He loves what he's doing. I thought, what a great example.
I want people doing those things like that. That may not be appealing to me, but that's where sometimes people challenge me on the idea that everybody can be doing work they love. Well, we wouldn't have anybody to, you know, mow the grass or pick up the garbage or pump your septic tank. You know, that's not true. There are people who do those things where that is a good fit for them. They recognize it's a valuable service and they love being able to serve people in that way. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Building my house. Did I ever learn that when I had, you know, electrician and, and plumber come out there and I hired guys and uh, found some guys who just loved it. I mean, the guy was just enthralled with how we were going to plan the electric and run it through here. I'm thinking, oh my goodness. Um, yeah, not not me. But and likewise, just as you talked about, I'll never forget a good friend of mine one time going, Kevin, I don't know how you, you do that. You, you spend the majority of your work time sitting in front of a computer. That would kill me. And yeah. I had to admit, man, I, now I may get up and go for an hour run, but when I'm working, I, I can sit here for a ridiculous amount of time. So I have a stand-up desk now <laughs> because I, <laughs> I, I do. Yeah, you're absolutely. Well, I love that. I love that question uh, in a big way. And uh, I, you know what? We've gone long on those. I think we'll, we'll wrap up on that one. Um, but man, thank you, Daddy. Yeah, these, are, these are fun, and those are so appropriate to what you do day in and day out. Hey, what is the next event that is happening at 48 Days that people can go check out and possibly be involved in? We have a couple coming up that are sold out, but the next open event would be Coaching with Excellence that's okay. coming up in, I believe it's September. We have one more of those open. Okay. And that's where we, we limit it to 48, but we have 48 people who come who recognize that people are already asking them about something, asking their advice and opinion. So we have people from a variety of disciplines. These are not just people who have a psychology background, but maybe somebody in the health and fitness arena or somebody in gardening and somebody who's done a great job of parenting or in their own marriage. And people are asking about that and we help them position themselves as coaches. So we want to help them understand both the dynamics of coaching, but also the business of coaching. How can you position yourself with credibility and actually be called a coach? So that's coming up. That's the only open event that we've got. I'm going to be part of some others. Your mom and I are going to be going to England here in a couple of weeks to be part of New Media Europe. And then we're going to spend some time over there just exploring one of the beautiful parts about having this kind of work. We can work from anywhere, but we're going to do a lot of playing, follow some sheep around, drive on the wrong side of the road and have some fun. That's awesome. Well, folks, (laughs) uh, I'd really just encourage you to go to 48days.com, sign up for the newsletter. He's been putting the newsletter out every week uh, for how long? 16 years. I started in August of 2000. I've never missed a week. There you go. 16 years. And there's three that I read. It's Seth Godin, Dan Miller, and uh, Roy H. Williams, actually. Those are my top three that I don't go a week without reading. You get great value. So 48days.com, you can sign up for the newsletter there and see everything that you can be a part of with 48 Days. Dad, thank you, as always. Just such uh, an honor and uh, literal fun, easy fun, I have to admit, to do these with you. So uh, uh, I, I have well, not worked today I, so far. There you go. Well, I'm honored <laughs> to be your guest, and it's always great fun for me as well, Kevin. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and being here with us to inspire your true performance. 